Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The Match Ball. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. My name's Dan Moylan. Hello. And I'm joined by Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Hello. 30 years on, game by game, we chart the progress from promotion in 1990 to the lifting of the championship trophy in 1992. This is the Match Ball 30, where we do a match ball on the anniversary of every game. Three wins on the bounce before this, and we are back to Ellen Road to host Manchester City, who are just behind us in the table. But just ahead of us are Crystal Palace. This one, if we win, could go third on goal difference, and Europe beckons. And you can tell it's reflected in the attendance, nearly 29,000 inside Ellen Road today for this one. You can see the place filling up, the anticipation growing, a European tour on the cards. Everybody's eyeing the channel. <laughs> I believe this, are they still digging that? At yeah, the minute? but you know, we'll, we can chivvy them along. Leeds are in Europe. The lineups for this game then, John Lukic in goal for Leeds United with Mel Sterling, Mike Whitlow, John McClelland and Chris White making up the defence. So Chris Fairclough still on the bench. He's not quite fit yet. Midfield is David Batty, Andy Williams, Gary McAllister and Gary Speed. There's a very significant name missing there, isn't there? Carl Schott and Lee Chapman completing the 11 on the pitch with Fairclough and Bobby Davison on the bench. Where's Strack? Late injury. Yes. Um, Wilkinson was being quite coy about his lineup. Obviously, we have uh, Niall Quinn to deal with in the, the, uh, the Manchester City team. And he was asked, which two defenders he was going to pick with McClelland playing quite well, but Chris Fairclough being fit and uh, Wilkinson said, I shall name two central defenders or I might even name three. Well, they just named two. What a wily old fox, eh? Left Fairclough on the bench. But yeah, Strachan's injured his groin in training, so misses out, which is... Pathetic. The second game he's missed since he signed for Leeds United in March 1988. It's Sick now note, bastard, get rid. April 1991. And uh, yeah, he was crowing about how those uh, swanning around in a limousine with um, Gary McAllister protects his muscles. Well, I dread to think what they must have done for this injured groin to have flared up. So Scottish shorts, that's what's done it for him. 
You think the, the air wasn't getting to his... Uh, too much air, I think, given how baggy they were. Oh, it was all trapped inside, I suppose. Yeah. It could create a pressure pocket, couldn't a, it? A little pinch in the groin is where the shorts need to be, just to, to help him. Uh, the Man City lineup: Tony Coated in goal. We've got Alan Harper, Neil Poynton, Steve Redmond, Andy Hill, Ian Brightwell, Mark Ward, David White, fine specimen of an athlete on the right wing, Mark Brennan, Adrian Heath and Niall Quinn, managed by Peter Reid. And Niall Quinn is the danger man, in form for them. Uh, scored in each of his last three games, including one for Aira against England at Wembley and uh, a hat-trick against Crystal Palace when they, they helped us out by beating them. Wilkinson says uh, he's obviously full of confidence at the moment. I would suspect, though, that he has some way to go to catch Lee Chapman this season. And he does reveal we were interested in him at one time and we did make an offer for him. But my main concern is how we perform. He doesn't say when whether that was before we got Chapman, whether it was back in 1988 when we still had uh, John Pearson and Ian Baird and Bob Taylor, who we swapped for Carl Schutt, or whether it was um, this season when we've been linked to everybody in, in Under the Sun and we were talking about, can you imagine a, a Lee Chapman and Niall Quinn strike partnership? Both, I think Chapman's maybe a little bit shorter at 6'2", Niall Quinn's 6'4", but that would be... Um, that would be formidable. Would the pair of them just heading the ball to each other down the pitch. Bringing back memories of that John Pearson, uh, Chapman strike force that we've seen a couple of times this season Except already. I think now, now Quinn's probably a little bit better than I mean, John Pearson. It comes with disco pants. so He does. And 16 goals so far this season, whereas Chapman has 24. So as Wilco says, he's no Lee Chapman, but he is good. Well, we didn't win this, as you can see from the episode title, unfortunately. Felt like a bit of a blow, given that we came into it with that little bit of momentum, those three games on the bounce. So what's the story of this game then? What was it like? Niall Quinn's doing Lee Chapman things. That's what the story of the game is. The The opening goal is one that we've scored a few times this season. Little near post flick on, which Quinn gets, and then Hill heads it in at the back post. It's so, it's so Wilco Leeds United is this goal. It's annoying to concede it. Andy Hill's only just joined them as well. He's a new signing from Berry of all places. They've dragged him up from the, the third division, a former scum youth player too. So you'd think the Manchester City fans would be rejecting a player who had been in the, the youth team with Clayton Blackmore and Mark Hughes. But no, apparently they love him because he scores against Leeds. So Man City attacking the South Stand in their all purple with white and sky blue trim, scoring that goal. Quite a lot of time for this kit, actually. It's, it's sort of a magenta. And I, I always quite liked it. 27 minutes on the clock and we are 1-0 down. But we'd had quite a lot of the ball up to this point. Yeah, two short had a couple of chances. Colton, who is a very good goalkeeper, made an excellent save from the first one. The other one, a Chapman flick on, naturally. But shorty shot went just wide. But we're, we're much the better team. Batty is in outstanding form in this one, playing all the football. And we do get back into it before half-time. And it does start with Batty, who has it in midfield, plays it out to the right-hand side where Mel Sterling puts a cross in. It's, you think it's going to be a classic Chapman header, but it's a good save from Coton, and then it speed manages to pick it up on the byline and just pulls it back for Gary Mack, who just taps it in from about a yard out. You can see why this one got away from us, though, can't you? It's because we're attacking the cop in the first half. This never feels right, does it? No. They've turned us around here, haven't they? It's only why the, the header from Chapman didn't go straight in. It is a very good save from... Tony Colton is one of the, he's kind of in that gang with um, Chris Woods and David Seaman and Nigel Martin and Tony Colton who are all kind of 
around the England squad. Colton generally always the the worst of the four, but he's capable of pulling out a good save. You could argue he had the best hair, though. He had formidable hair. He lost, he lost out on the Tash um, status to Nigel Martin as well. He was never in Martin's league. He's in a team here as well, Neil Poynton, who had a really good mullet and Tash combo at one stage as well. So Alan Harper as well noted them. Um, I think they all inherited it from Paul Power back in the day. He set the template for... Uh, Manchester City players with tashes and mullets. I mean, I know it's 30 years, but we have come a long way in terms of footballer haircuts. You know, 4K TV has changed things significantly, hasn't it? When you go back to the standard definition, maybe on telly once every three months appearance. I mean, you pointed out, Dan, from the, the coverage of this that we have, that it's basically being filmed in the dark as well, which doesn't seem to be, be helping matters at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah it's going about the, the powerful Leeds United floodlights that were the tallest in Europe and would uh, light up the city when Leeds were playing at home over an evening. I'm not sure if they switched them on for this one. They were just playing under the, the low fields put, emergency lighting. They put them too far away. Yeah. That's what's gone wrong. They're moving nearer the pitch. They are lighting up the city, just not enough of the pitch. Not, yes. The lumens value is disappointing. It's people sitting in Rothwell. <laughs> the, the living room's lit up beautifully <laughs> and Elland Road's just in the dark. <laughs> yeah, it does look very, uh, very grim in terms of lighting. But yeah, McAllister equalises on 39. So we're only actually behind for 12 minutes so we've got that resilience in us and we are way better i mean the uh shots on target is seven three towards by the end corners eight five our football was uh applause worthy throughout this match we had Ellen road on their feet enjoying batty and uh, McAllister dominating in midfield even without gordon strachan in the team feels like we've got enough to deal with the likes of ian brightwell and mark brennan and inchy heath well, he's a striker though, isn't he? You can never tell with Adrian Heath. I always kind of dismissed him because his nickname was Inchy and I felt like he wasn't worthy of uh, of much more consideration after that. I've never heard that. Why? He was short. Oh, okay. He had a tiny penis. <laughs> That's not true. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably the story of this game and we'll come on to the winning goal in just a second. But the YEP said, as an opening sentence in the report for this, resolute defending by Manchester City and a couple of crucial touches from Niall Quinn, scuppered Leeds United's chances of taking over third place from Crystal Palace. So we had the lion's share of it. I suppose that's the other side of it from Man City is that Steve Redmond is quite a good defender and Tony Cullen a very good goalkeeper and those sort of things have helped them here. And our defending less than resolute because we just allow Niall Quinn to be stood in the box six yards out with nobody anywhere near him to score the winner. But score it, he did uh, 11 minutes from the end, he popped up in another Wilco Leeds United Chapman header. What are they doing scoring him at the wrong end? It just doesn't feel right. And what's Chris White doing? You would have thought we'd be able to defend better against this, considering we probably do it all the time in training. But no, I think we're just confused. Maybe it's uh, Quinny's disco pants have thrown everybody off. And talking about which ends we were all at, always disappointing to concede a goal like that at a cop end. You don't like to see it. And, but Niall Quinn makes a little bit of hay with it because he runs off um, towards the northeast corner uh, flag and he's celebrating in front of the cop. And you see him when he raises his arm to salute the cop, the cop salute him back in, in its own manner of speaking. It's not going to encourage him to, uh, to join Leeds up, is it? That transfer is, uh, is now long gone. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Well, that has left the task of getting into third spot a little bit harder. Um, Arsenal remained top, played 33, 72 points. Liverpool played 32, 64 points. So quite a gap opening there now. Palace third, 32 played, 58 points. And we have also played 32 on 55 points. So we now need Palace to drop points to let us back into third and cling on to that hope of Europe. Uh, meanwhile, Man United are just behind us, but they've played a game more. Played 33, 52 points. And then Man City have moved up by beating us. Uh, played 33, also 52 points. Palace have been dropping points. They've been losing games lately. So, And despite this result, we have been in good form and played well against Man City. So as Wilco says, you know, fortunately, there are still games left and points to be won. It's not an impossible task because we're only three points behind Palace. We can do it. When Strachan back. Well, that's the other thing. Um, he doesn't know. Well, the injury happened at the 11th hour and I have no idea at this stage what his chances are for playing the next game. He's only missed, that's two games in two seasons that he's missed. Now we've lost them both. So this is firmly, the blame for this lies entirely with Gordon Strachan. We could really do with him back, I think, for that Liverpool game. It feels like one of the uh, the big games of the season might be just around the corner. I mean, this was the game... We were meant to lose on paper, wasn't it, the Liverpool one? You kind of looked at Man City at home and thought, yeah, win that. But now we probably need to beat Liverpool. Well, that shouldn't be too much of a, a problem. They've still got, um, it's Ronnie Moran in charge. And that's since uh, Kenny Dalgleish decided he'd, he'd had enough. And as like I said, we've been playing well after we've shaken off all the cup dust. And now we're caught up with um, games in hand and all that. It's now back to just the league programme. And as Wilkinson says, we're now as first division steeled as ever we will be. I do not think there is any unknown quantity about us playing Liverpool again. The most important thing about Saturday's match is it gives us the chance to get three points back. But it should be interesting because Liverpool need them as much as we do. I suppose it will also be interesting because they absolutely battered us 3-0 on New Year's Day. It will be interesting to see how far we've come. There are parallels with 2021 in this one that Leeds get promoted and make progress and face Liverpool in April and at the time of recording, hopefully won't concede four goals. As we mentioned on the Wimbledon match ball, sold out Liverpool game. So that's the one everyone's keen to uh, keen to get to Ellen Road for. Uh, what about new players, though? We're looking ahead now to the summer. The, the transfer window's obviously closed. We're going to be looking to make some reinforcements. I mean, the talk of the strikers hasn't gone away. We're still looking at maybe a week at left-back. I know you wouldn't agree with me, Moscow. How dare you. Given some of the royalty we've got back there, but... Um, yeah, we need backup for Whitlow, so we were looking at um, 
Tommy Boyd from Motherwell and there was that player we had to play the trial match for us from Hartlepool. And we've got another trialist, which is quite an interesting one. Polish international fullback Darius Kibitschki. Now, I recognise that name. Yeah, well, he's a Legia Warsaw player at this point and they are in, well, tonight. Um, they've played their European Cup Winners' Cup semi-final first leg against Manchester United in Warsaw. But Kubitsky's not part of that because he's suspended for that game. So he's playing for our reserves instead against Rotherham. <laughs> a, a 4-2 defeat to the Sean Gota scoring all four goals for Rotherham. D- Damien Henderson and Imre Varadi scored for us. Kubitsky played, I think it was 80 minutes for us. I don't know if he had to go off with an injury, which I hope not for uh, Legia Warsaw's case. We can fast forward around this this story to the... Uh, the end of the month for the second leg of the Cup Winners Cup match at Old Trafford, in which Kubitschki is backing Legia Warsaw's team. So this is—it's a strange. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's. I mean, we're we're speaking now with the Champions League matches coming up. It's as if if Benjamin Mendy wasn't playing for Manchester City against Dortmund, so Bielsa got to have a look at him in our under twenty threes during the week, and then he goes back to them for the rest of the season. It's just kind of—it's a very weird move, but. I suppose the footage that will have been available of a Polish international fullback at the time, those VHS tapes cannot rival the, getting a Mick Hennigan, putting him through his paces in training for a few days and then giving a run out against Rotherham. What do you think then, Michael? Another communist could be coming in? Probably why he can't get the tapes out. Probably not not getting them over the border. I mean, There'll be some microfish available that might have his scouting reports on. It's probably not a great spoiler alert to say we. I think we're not going to sign him. But I think he will end up in England at some point. I, can, I, I mean, Niall Quinn, who we've just been talking about, he'll probably go on to play with him at Sunderland, maybe. So now it's just it's just me guessing. Where his manager will be uh, potentially Peter Reid, possibly mm-hmm. in this, this future. I was reading about this. Apparently, um, Peter Reid dropped him from the game when he was about to break the record for Sunderland's most consecutive appearances and cause a right uproar. Said um, he's really pop- he played a lot of games for Sunderland and helped them get get promoted he went to Aston Villa first but yeah for some reason Peter Reid has completely wronged him on a on breaking breaking a record and as I suppose Peter Reid has his own ideas doesn't he well we better not criticize him too much given that he's just done a job on us today but plus we, we may need him on our team at some point in the future you remember in the last week we spoke about should we say the difficulties that some fundraisers some charity fundraisers encountered at Ellen Road having hauled their friend up the three peaks in a wheelchair, which, you know, as we said before, Michael, it's hard enough hauling yourself up there, let alone um, carrying any extra weight. They went to Ellen Road and were promptly charged to get in. Yes, they were doing a lap of honour and hadn't expected that that would also come with buying tickets. But that, that got ironed out. But it's noticeable at this time, I think, as part of the sort of the rehabilitation of Leeds United into a first division club after eight years in Division 2, that when there is kind of a negative story, whether it's earlier in the season when we had the the club were talking about taking the ticket computer out into the car park and smashing it and those kind of things. And they've inadvertently charged some charity fundraisers to do a lap of honour. The Evening Post will then carry a kind of a, a counter story in this front page news. It's a very nice one. Gordon Strachan going out doing nice things. What blows my mind about this is, and he's saying happy birthday to Dora, Dora Oxley, 100th birthday. So Gordon's pictured in the paper. He's got a scarf there, taking her some flowers. She was born in 1891, so would have seen the entire history 
of Leeds United as an adult, which blows my tiny mind. Therefore, surely the least she could do is leave her possessions to the club in the will, maybe. You know, if we're, if we're trying to get um, get the good news going. That was brilliant. While we were there, she signed it all over to us. Well, I presume she's still going strong, even that's, now. That's why Gordon was there. Well, we've got the windfall to look forward to, as if Gordon did his... His job properly. He is there. It's uh, it's always noticeable whenever Gordon Strachan does his public appearances. He wears his Adidas equipment gear. He had his own sponsorship deal with Adidas. But yeah, so she would have been, Dora would have been a teenager when Leeds City began and almost into her 30s when Leeds United were founded. <laughs> uh, it'd be about 28, eight, 1891 to 1919, 28. I like how she describes Gordon Strachan. Aging footballer creaking round the pitch with his uh, with his dodgy hips at this point, and she said, "Oh, Gordon Strachan is a smashing lad," and she's a smashing woman as well. There's a bit of um, story about Dora in the paper as well that her daughter-in-law Doreen tells says that Dora was born in Hunslet, had five children, and worked at the Barmbo Ordnance Factory during the First World War, filling shells to help the the war effort, which was the huge artillery factory that was a secret. Um, even to the extent that, if you know about the, uh, there was an explosion there and a lot of the women working there died, but nobody could talk about it during the war. It was only afterwards that they, uh, anybody was allowed to know that happened. And there is now a statue there and um, a good story and um, much better to concentrate on Gordon Strack and taking flowers to nice old ladies than the club. She owes him two ninety nine for those flowers, by the way. <laughs> she'll, she'll get the invoice through the post. So thoughts on this one overall? Do we just need to put this one behind us and move on? It's unfortunate that we lost because we did have the run of the game. We were the better side overall. But that's what is that four or five times on the bounce that Man City have beaten us at home now? It is annoying to lose when you're playing well and we've been in good form. And it is just Strachan getting back. No Strachan, no party. So him back for Liverpool, we can probably only lose by two or three goals. I fancy it to be a low scoring affair though when we play Liverpool. He's not got that many dangerous players, have they? Barnes, Mulby. Beardsley, Tight Rush. Oh, and we know what the uh, the Wilco formula is as well these days. It's to really go at the opposition and get that game won inside the opening sort of 20 or 30 minutes using Leeds United's momentum to shut that game down. I think we can expect the same again. I think by half time we'll know how the game ends, won't we? Easy. We'll, we'll reconvene for that one on April the 13th. Another sellout crowd north of 30,000 expected at Ellen Road for the visit of Liverpool. We'll speak to you then. The Match Ball. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.